Welcome to Good Enough Creative, a podcast for creative people. Hi again, welcome back. I'm your host, Marie Green, and in today's episode, we're talking about why having limited resources is actually better for your creativity and why I dare you to find a way even if you don't have everything you think you need. What am I talking about? Okay, listen, we've talked before about how sometimes one of our excuses for why we can't make the thing or do the thing is because we don't have the right tools or the right supplies. In knitting, we often talk about not having enough of the right yarn. We might have almost enough, but not quite. In painting, it might be not having the right brush or the right paints or the right paper. In weaving, it might be that you don't have a big enough loom. In pottery, it might be that you only have a tiny kiln. There are a million and one resources that you will wish you had. And you might even be convincing yourself that without those right supplies or tools, you can't move forward. I want to approach this topic today with some real-life examples of how limitations can lead to great ideas. And I want to say this. We all know the stories about Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and Oprah and all the people who came from nothing or who had very little or started in a garage, and now they're millionaires or billionaires. And while that's wonderful and their stories are inspiring, I want to focus more on the kinds of stories that can help regular people like us who are not necessarily on the journey to create a mega empire, but who would just like to avoid getting stuck on their creative journey. So let's talk about how in practical terms, sort of average everyday people terms, how not having the right resources or tools can actually help you do better, more interesting and more creative work. I saw a video reel of a young woman who makes pottery, and one of her signature pieces are these little ceramic cartoony frog heads that look like a salt pig, if you know what that is. It's like a little round ceramic head with a wide circular mouth. She said she'd initially created it for pet hamsters or gerbils to have in their cages as a cozy little spot to hide. Anyway, so she mentioned that her best-selling and sort of signature pieces are these little salt pig style shapes that are filled with tinier little shapes, like tiny little mushrooms or tiny little monsters, you can tip it forward and all the little itty bitty miniature pieces spill out. I'm realizing now that this is a little hard to explain without seeing it, but she talked about how she arrived at that idea. She said that every year she participates in this artist's mushroom hunt, and I think it has something to do with potters and ceramic artists making one-of-a-kind little mushroom pieces and hiding them for people to find on a treasure hunt. Anyway, She's making tons of these tiny mushrooms, and she mentioned that she has this very tiny kiln. She showed it in the video, and it looked big enough for maybe one medium-sized bowl at a time. Very tiny. And she'd made one of these medium-sized frog head pieces and thought, well, I'm really short on space, I'm short on time, and I need to bisque fire as many of these tiny mushrooms as I can at a time. So she filled the larger piece full of the tiny mushroom pieces and fired them all together as one. I didn't even know you could do that. When it was finished, it worked perfectly. I've done a bit of pottery and I I know that when you glaze fire something, they can't be touching, but apparently with bisque firing, it's totally fine. She showed the finished results in one of her stories and people loved it so much. It was so cute seeing this little frog head piece with its mouth full of tiny mushrooms. And again, hard to express that this is cute, but it was really cute in the video. 
if I could find the reel again, I would show it to you. I just, it just kind of crossed my radar in passing. Anyway, people started asking her if they could buy her pieces like that with one large piece filled with tons of little bitty miniatures. And she mentioned that she would have never thought to offer it like that. She wouldn't even have guessed that people would want that. But because she had showed an example of how she had fired them together, all of a sudden people were asking to buy them just like that. She said she would never have thought of that otherwise, and it all came about because of a limitation to the amount of space and time she had. It was the necessity caused by what she lacked that created this idea that really helped her business succeed. Now, that may seem like a simple thing, but for many of us, it's those little things like that that can make such a difference in the work that we're doing and how it's received by others and in our small businesses. If you're building a creative business, those little successes can make such a big difference. Now, I want to tell you another story, and this one is so good. Phil Hansen was an art student who specialized in pointillism. It's this incredible process of creating art with tiny dots that form complex and beautiful images. Side note, a friend of mine is a botanical artist who specializes in this same style, and I know from seeing her work that it is a very slow and painstaking way to make art, but it's gorgeous. Anyway, there came a time when Phil began to struggle to make the small round dots on the page. His hand had begun to shake, and he was young. He was a college student, and it shook so much that he could not keep it still. The little dots became dashes, and the worse it got, the more discouraged and frustrated he became. He ended up leaving art school, and then he gave up art altogether. For three years, he avoided it. He finally saw a neurologist who told him that he had nerve damage in that hand and that the shake was now a part of him. Phil realized he would never again be able to pursue his dream of art in the way that he had always envisioned. But when the neurologist said to him, why don't you just embrace the shake? Phil realized that his pursuit of pointillism may be over, but his life as an artist was not. He began scribbling. He went home and he was making wavy lines and putting them together to create larger images. He started using his feet. He started using two by fours and a blowtorch. Phil said this, if I worked on a larger scale and with bigger materials, my hand really wouldn't hurt. And after having gone from a single approach to art, I ended up having an approach to creativity that completely changed my artistic horizons. It was the first time I had encountered this idea that embracing limitation could actually drive creativity. In his TED Talk, which I'll link in the show notes, it's absolutely worth watching. He talks about how he was able to finally graduate from art school, and he was so excited to finally be able to get a paycheck and afford good supplies. And he talked about how he just had these terrible little tools, and he just thought he could do so much more once he had all the right supplies the supplies that he felt an artist was supposed to have. He said he didn't even have a regular pair of scissors at that point. He was such a poor college student. And then he graduated and got a job and got his first check, and he went nuts at the art store buying all kinds of cool supplies, all the things he'd always wished he'd had access to. And he went home and he sat down to make something creative and unique, and he drew a complete blank. He sat there for hours and nothing came to mind and hours turned to days. He said this went on for quite a while and he felt like he was in a creative slump. He finally had all the supplies he dreamed of, but the ideas and the inspiration were gone. What he realized was that he had become paralyzed by all of the choices that he hadn't had before. 
When you have to figure out how to use what you have and it's not enough, you will naturally tap into a flow of creativity that is not available to you at other times. But when you have access to everything you need and want and more, all of a sudden, you become a victim of the paradox of choice. Suddenly, too many choices become an obstacle. Phil began to wonder if he could tap back into his creativity by intentionally limiting his supplies. What if he challenged himself to make art with only $1 worth of supplies? He goes on to share more about his journey back to creativity, and I encourage you to check out his TED Talk. But I think the message for all of us here is that not having what we think we need is the gift. It is what we need. It's the gift that leads to the ideas we would never have otherwise. Now, on a simpler level, I'm a knitwear designer, and I technically have access to really any yarn I could ever want to create my designs. And there came a point in my own creative journey that I realized I was starting to feel overwhelmed and uninspired by having too many options. And it was this level of overwhelm that inspired me to shift my own thinking about how and when I acquire new supplies and how I approach a new design. I like to challenge myself to create a new design using only the yarn I already have. Granted, I keep a very robust selection, not going to lie. But when you decide that you're only going to choose from what you already have on hand, you do approach an idea differently. Instead of having access to any possible yarn or whatever it might be for you, instead you have to look at what you have and then find its potential. I think this is why I've become so passionate over the years about keeping a stash of creative supplies at home. Not only does it offer instant gratification for an artist who wants to sit down and make art whenever the mood strikes, but it also creates a sort of natural limit to what you can use if you want to do the work right now. Being able to go to the store and get exactly what you need right when you need it, that is awesome and it's a luxury, but it also sometimes puts limits on the way that our creativity can work. If you tell yourself instead of that, like I could do that, but instead, what if I figure out how to use what I have and give myself that challenge today? Whether you can afford the new supplies or not, not having them is sometimes the gift that allows you to come up with something even better. There is nothing wrong with having the right supplies. It's awesome to have choices and to be able to work with the supplies or tools that you love. But the message here is is that you don't necessarily have to have the right tools or supplies to create something wonderful. And in fact, if your creativity is hitting a slump, then maybe some limitations are exactly what you need. Phil Hansen said that we need to be limited in order to become limitless. I love that mindset. I'm going to say it again. We need to become limited in order to become limitless. Isn't that great? Creativity hides in the most surprising places, and often it is in our limitations. Whether it's not enough space, not enough money, not enough supplies, not enough time, whatever the limitation is, I dare you to make art anyway. Until next time, my friend, you've got this.